Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. This might end up being one of those Suns therapy session podcast following a loss by one point to the lowly Orlando Magic on a Wednesday night in Orlando. Matthew, as I welcome you to the Suns Jam Session podcast, I got to ask you this one question. Did the Suns play down to the level of the competition tonight, or did the Magic simply play up to the level of the Suns? The Magic played up. I think a lot of this, when the Suns lose these games, these teams come want to come out and just beat their asses because the Suns are such a great team this year. They're going to show up. I thought the Suns played pretty well until the fourth quarter. I really did. I thought this was actually a pretty solid game by the Suns. Just the Magic started going. They started hitting all their threes in the first half, started playing really great defense towards the end, and that was just enough to, to beat the Suns. Yeah, it was something that I don't know if we were necessarily prepared uh, to see, considering yeah. how we kind of broke down the game in our preview last night following the win over the Heat, how our bench was superior, and how we have that ability to kind of consistently come at you and force the opposition into uh, just bad matchups and ultimately win games that way. Uh, but, you know, again, like you mentioned, they're a team with a target on their back, and the Orlando Magic are a team that, quite frankly, got embarrassed last night when they played the Denver Nuggets. So as Denver departs, Phoenix comes into town. The Magic channeled their inner Suns by wearing some orange tonight and ultimately won the game. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast as we get into it. Uh, He's Matthew, I'm John, and we welcome all of the Jamsters who are here to talk about this loss to the Orlando Magic tonight. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We now have 48 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So shout out to somebody who went on there and they just said, awesome. I love this podcast. So you too can <laughs> do the same that. thing. Simple as that. That's all we're asking. <laughs> Go there, give us a five-star review. And then you can, and you know, and what they mentioned is how they love that we always have an uh, anal- analyst analysis after every game. So again, our consistency is something that very our cool. jamsters love very much. So Please make sure you do that, Jamsters. Uh, If you're watching on the YouTube channel, go ahead and give us a thumbs up and subscribe. We are now over 900 subscribers, so thank you, Jamsters, for doing that. And go ahead, and if you haven't subscribed, do us a favor. Do us a solid. Go ahead and do so. We're getting ever so close to 1,000 subscribers. So uh, outside of that, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. And you can follow me uh, on all the same platforms at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy. So without further ado, I think it's time that I pop open this double chocolate IPA mm. uh, hey. half of Eisen Amber Ale. And if you're if you're along in the chat, <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to pop them open you. with us because you know what? We need to drink after this. Nice little therapy session coming at you next. Cheers. Of course you do. So the second night of a back-to-back for our Phoenix Suns puts them in Orlando, the place where the magic happened in this past August when they went 8-0. And for the first time in a long time, they actually lost in Orlando, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, this this loss, it it, it can be difficult, but I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for these ones still. For some reason, if you're still watching the NBA, a lot of these losses are going to happen to great teams. Uh 
the fact that it came so soon after the last one, it kind of sucks. But like you said, when we're going to play these teams, we have that target on our back. So to play the Orlando Magic and to lose for the first time in a while, it seems like we always beat their butts in so hard. <laughs> we beat those butts so hard. Yeah, it Qual- seems like we quality did. analysis there, Matthew. It was, it was a different we beat those butts so yeah, hard. Yeah, I know. Sorry. And honestly, no, it's fine. I mean, I have a lot of those throughout the show, so I like pointing them out. Um, Orlando, though, I don't even know what the f- I was going to say. Go ahead, John. You take over. Well, normally we beat those butts so hard, right? So yes. why we didn't we? Really hard. Why do we not? I don't know. Honestly, this was a game. Remember I said it, it shouldn't be a trap game for the Suns. And it absolutely almost was, right? I mean, Orlando did play great. As soon as I started hearing the the lineups on the way home, listening to John Bloom and uh, Tim Kepton, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? This might actually be a more a tougher game than I think. And I hate the name Enos. Enos or whatever his name is, I cannot stand it. When I'm driving, I'm hungry. When I get pick a food on the way home, that name is just makes me so upset you just lose I have your no appetite idea. yeah I, I i cannot stand that he didn't get hot today he didn't do a very well a good job from uh from downtown like i thought he might have tonight but his name just drives me insane for some reason i don't know i just have to get that off my chest okay well and that's why this is a therapy session tonight okay we're going to get different things off of our yes, chest that need to. might might frustrate us um but again at the end of the day you know i think i let off the podcast saying it I really think that the the Orlando Magic played up to the level of the competition tonight. I mean, you look at their overall statistics in this game, and they short they they short they they sharted their pants, and then after they were done sharting their pants, they went and they shot forty six percent from the field, mm-hmm. uh, a total of what thirty five percent from deep, but forty seven percent in the first half. I mean, they yeah. were that was kind of what kept them afloat in the first half. The Suns came out. They put a good run on him. Uh, it started with Booker scoring early and often. He was having fun. I mean, did you see after he, you know, uh, what Jay Crowder hit that three pointer? Uh, I don't know if you saw it because again, you were probably driving home. But Jay yeah. Crowder hit a three pointer. It was an and one. And Booker sitting there doing like the one, two, three, and he's smiling, he's laughing, and, and I love seeing that from Devin Booker, the body language yeah. that he's displaying, and you could just see that he was in a zone. Had twelve in the first, and then Monty sat him for half of the second quarter and (laughs) I get that he had two fouls. And then when he came in and with about uh, two minutes left, he got his third foul. So he sat on the bench for the remainder of the second quarter and he ends the first half uh, with a total of pulling it up as we speak. Um, Let's see. uh, 12 points. He ended with 12 points. He had 12 in the first quarter. So why do you think Monty did that? Why, why sit your hot, your guy who comes out, he's having yeah. a good time. He's playing, you know, effective basketball, six for 10 from the field. And you sit him for half the damn quarter. It's this, this has kind of been happening throughout the season, right? I mean, sometimes this happens. Book's always been the first quarter guy. He is Mr. Yeah. First quarter. He'll come out score at will. And I love him doing that. I really do. And I knew you're going to bring this up. He sat out too long. Cause when I was sitting in my car, I was like, wait, wasn't book like six for nine in the first quarter? And I was like, okay, he's in foul trouble, I guess. But if he's a big guy, maybe that's more of an issue because you're more, you're bumping bodies more on the defensive end. Like you can, there's more reasons where if Aiden gets two fouls, he has to go just because there's a lot more going on where he plays. Booker, I think he can withstand that. He doesn't have to, you know, reach out or do anything crazy on defense, especially against a Orlando team. So it might have been too many minutes off, but I think that's kind of nitpicking in a way. I think that um, we did lose ourselves in the second quarter, from what I heard. I know Tory Craig came out and he actually kind of held the team together by himself Seriously. while Booker was out. But I was just wondering, I'm like, where did Booker go? I know it's two fouls. But I mean, when he's on a roll and he had the fourth quarter off last night, you know, just just playing those minutes. And I mean, he tried to get it going again, but that's just what happens to Booker. He has a great first quarters and then second quarter and then third quarter or fourth quarter. He just kind of struggles sometimes after the good first quarter of the halves. But I mean, that is kind of nitpicking, right? A, a little bit, but I kind of wanted to see him back in the game earlier well, than when he came th- back in. I think everything we're going to do tonight is nitpicking because at the end of it all, oh, we're we 29 and 14. We're still the number two team in the West, even if the Utah Jazz win tonight. And, you know, which last I saw, they were winning on the Nets. And once we're done here, I'm going to watch that game. But I was really looking forward to watching that game, knowing that the Suns beat the Magic and we have a chance to, you know, close within a game. Uh, so we're still the number two team in the West. There's still minor things. I mean, this happens. It's the NBA. We talk about it all yeah. the time. It's not the end of the world. I'm not even upset. 
I'm just kind of like a little puzzled at some things that went on in this game and Booker and his and Monty's substitution patterns uh, being one of those. Uh, quick shout out to a new Jamster who just joined the the podcast and bring uh, him Chris, out, bring him out. Chris Van Note, welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate that. Yeah, how'd you get that update? Where's that at? I don't know. I on my phone, I got an update and it said Chris Van Note is a new subscriber. So welcome aboard. We oh, appreciate hey, it. Tell your friends. Aboard. Tell your friends, yeah. welcome to the jam session. Thanks for subscribing. You don't even have to watch. Just subscribe. <laughs> Just subscribe. <laughs> Just then go back on with your life. Yeah, we but, uh, but, hours. But you you mentioned Tory Craig, and I mean mm-hmm. he really was what held this team together in that second team unit. He's ended up shooting three for three in the first half, while the rest of the team shot two for twelve. And that was yeah. a challenge. And then on the other side of the ball, you had the Orlando Magic consistently making three pointers from their bench players. Uh, Okiki, I don't know who this guy is. Yes. Um, ha- have yeah. you ever heard of Okiki before? I have not, but I did look him up, averaging 4.4 points a game. I mean, he was unstoppable. Why did he not shoot the ball more? He was six for six this game. Yeah, that six guy for was six. Insane. 14 points for him. Um, I mean, it was just kind of, or 17, I'm sorry, 17 points for Okiki. Yeah. The only shot he missed was a free throw. So he definitely gets the Jack Taylor award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. Yep. You know, I mean, he outscores the Suns bench in the first half easy. And if you look at, you know, kind of the totals on the game, he ends with 17. The, the Suns bench overall in this game, 10, 4, 17, 20 points. Okiki had 17. So unfortunately, this is just one of those games where the bench didn't come out with the same tenacity. And it frustrates me because what do we talk about on the last podcast? How great our bench is, how we yeah. sustain offense, how we sustain defense, how we do all these things to put teams like the Orlando Magic in mismatches throughout the entire game, not just with our first team units. And then they come out and this Okiki guy goes off for you know his career night, essentially. And I haven't looked up his statistics relative to his career highs and things of that nature. But at the same time, like the entire team just couldn't score a bucket in that second half outside of Tory Craig and watching Craig play. I got to say, I like players with headbands that aren't Aaron Gordon. Yes. Am I right? No. Yeah. As long as it looks good, it looks good on this guy. The most chill, relaxed player. I think I've ever seen in a son's uniform. He just doesn't care. He's out there balling and he just has no emotion. I love that. He has emotion where he's physical on the defensive end, knows what to do so long. He played great defense on Aaron Gordon and Vucevic a few times where he uses that length just to get in their way of the shot. Um, But it's nice to have a guy that we signed and actually comes out and has multiple games that are great instead of just like the one good game. Yeah. I just, I always remember never see him again. Albert exactly. <laughs> yes, but it was like everybody we would sign. Like, oh my god, this guy might be our next point guard. Or <laughs> yeah. you know, we always Isaiah Cannon. Yeah. I, yes, exactly. It was always that issue, and they would come out have a great game. Peyton had like the the triple double last year or two years ago, whenever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I just think right. it's point nice guard of the future. Exactly, dude. And like this guy, he's he's legit. I mean, he's not amazing. He's not an all star, but he is just a basketball player. I think it's something that they were kind of looking for in Jalen Smith this year is what Tory Craig kind of is. Cause Craig is kind of like the same size as Mikhail Bridges and Jalen Smith, but he's just, he's so he knows what he's doing on the court and he's, he's very talented in the way to where he knows where to be. I mean, his in his inbound passes to uh, Deandre Aiden. I mean, he can work on those, but who cares? I mean, just blame it on Aiden, but, <laughs> but Tory Craig, I mean, I, I love the signing, man. He helped us tonight. Keep, I mean, that's what it sounded like. He really kept us going in the second quarter. Yeah, he was the only member of the second team unit who was providing any type of offense. I mean, again, he led the entire second team with 10 total points. You had Sarich who had four. You had Cam Johnson who had three. And you had Langston Galloway who had three. It was really a night that was led by our starters relative to scoring. And that Torrey Craig signing, I mean, we gave up like nothing for him we don't even know how much we gave up right yeah just cash considerations like you don't even know they're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll consider giving you some cash like i wish i could do that i go to yeah. the store i want to buy a son's jersey i'm like listen i'm gonna give you cash considerations for this and they're like done uh we'll talk about it later like <laughs> yeah. sweet can i wear it for a little bit that's what amazon kind of does you buy some off amazon you're like, here's my money but like if i don't like it i'm giving it right back yeah no questions asked and i just got to take it to Coles, and you'll t- take it from me and i get my mm-hmm. money back so um, but, you know, looking at the Bucks, the Bucks traded him away essentially to make way for P.J. Tucker. Do you think that was the right move for the Milwaukee Bucks? 
I don't know. It, it can go either way. I mean, Torrey Craig needs a new scenery. EJ talked about it, how he thought he was on a good team uh, playing on the Bucks. He would get an mm-hmm. opportunity. He didn't. Now he's on maybe a, a better team. Yeah, absolutely. The Suns are a better team than Milwaukee Bucks. And now he has more opportunity. He's getting Dario Sarge's minutes, most of them. I mean, now we're kind of on that the, the seesaw where it's just like uh, Sarge was, he was good before Craig. Now it's like, Craig is actually the guy that we kind of want to see on the court right now until Sarge can figure it out. I'm not mm-hmm. blasting Sarge at all. Just saying like he needs to figure some things out. Uh, Craig right now, he's just filling those minutes. Maybe they they saw this coming to where uh, Sarge would have, you know, just kind of a couple weeks in the dumps. And then you have Craig to come in and fill 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 those out, you know, f- with some good minutes. And that's everybody on this team throughout the entire year. You have the positive Kaminsky minutes where we're like, oh my God, is Kaminsky going to be in the ring of honor by the end of the season? Because he is putting up an amazing yes. year. And then yeah. we saw some Nader minutes when he was doing some of the great things. Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, everybody on this team has provided two or three solid weeks of production while other members of the team have struggled. And right now it's Tory Craig's time. Why, like you said, Sarge is going to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm wearing my super Dario shirt. Like that, that uh, John at the that Phoenix so fans awesome. app, uh, you know, through my way. So shout out to John for doing that. And super Dario will be super again. You know, right now he just needs to eat the mushroom. He's little Dario running around trying to get to level, you know, three dash two. It's a tough level. And that's yeah. part of the dog days. Of- years. <laughs> he needs <laughs> those bunny years to jump off that layup. He had wide open. I oh, mean. I know wide open. And like, <laughs> here comes the Sarge dunk. It's like, eh. you know what <laughs> you know? he reminds me of when he is shooting. It's like when you go to take out the trash in a big dumpster, when you live in an apartment and you have a huge thing of trash and it's just full, you try to throw it up there and hopefully it doesn't fall off, fall out. That's yeah. like when Sarge tries to shoot the ball. That's what I always think of. It's funny at work right now. One of the policies and procedures uh, for COVID protocols is I manage a pool at at a resort and we have towels, right? So when guests are done with their towels, we put our gloves on, we take those towels and we put them into big black garbage bags. And then we have to throw those into the towel bin. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like taking one of those things. You're just like, it it looks like Sarge is, is shooting a bowling ball sometimes. Yes, oh, you know, yeah. And when it goes in, it looks smooth and great. And when it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't look as smooth (laughs) and great, you know. So again, Sarge, he'll bounce back. He, you know, that's why we love Sarge and what and what he's uh, added to this team. And again, it's just unfortunate that on a night where we could have used a little bit of his production against a team that didn't really necessarily have length on the interior, he was just having a hard time getting going again, you know. But again, shout out to Tory Craig for his efforts tonight and what he did to assist the Suns in the first half. And speaking of that first half, you know, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Orlando being as hot as they were 10 for 21 from the three point line, which is 47.6%. And James Crowder or Jay, Jay Crowder was uh, doing his best to try to keep us in the game and kind of match them. He had uh, three for four from downtown. And I was really I was pleased with the Suns' effort in that first half, even though the bench didn't play up to par, because I felt, in my opinion, we withstanded the best blow that the Orlando Magic could throw at us. We absorbed it, and it was tied at halftime. Yeah, and you felt good, right, going into the half, because, I mean, they were 10 for 21 at the, going into the half. The, the Magic were from three. So mm-hmm. I was like, that can't continue, right? I mean, I think we all thought that as Suns fans. Like, when you're listening to it on the radio in your car, I think it's more frustrating to hear those threes go down than actually watching it. Because I couldn't actually, I couldn't really see what was going on, obviously, in the defensive end, how if they were covering these guys, if they were wide open or whatever. But I'm like, they just got hot. I wasn't too worried. And, I mean, it seemed like going into the third quarter – Chris Paul, the rest of the Suns, they seemed like they were they had things going again. And they're like, okay, we, we're going to take care of business. And it didn't work out. I don't know how, but I just think the Suns did play pretty good. I mean, I don't really have a lot of complaints except for maybe them getting tired in the fourth. Well, that's what it was. That was me. really what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the Suns scored a total of 32 points in the first quarter, 27 in the second, 32 in the third, and then just 20 in the fourth quarter. And that's where the challenge lies. That's where this team just didn't do what they normally do. And that is play exceptionally well in the fourth quarter and put game uh, games and teams away. And they gave up 26 points. So outside of the second quarter where they gave up 35 points, they gave up 24 in the first 27 in the third and 26 in the fourth. So they played good defense, but the challenge is they couldn't themselves muster the offense necessary to put this team away. And, And they lost by one point. 
you know, so I mean, again, it's not it's not the end of the world. You know, the, the season's over. Fuck it. You know, here we go. Same old sons. It's none of that in any way, shape or form, I believe, coming out of both of our mouths. I just think that there was opportunity there. And unfortunately, in the fourth, it just didn't happen. Yeah, and we kind of need that extra guy to step up, right? I thought Mikhail Bridges, we talked about it last pod, where I said I thought Mikhail Bridges was better than Aiden this year just because he progressed in a way where he hasn't regressed at all. I just see him as someone that contributes on both ends consistently, and that's what he has been doing. But I feel like if he were just to be more aggressive in this game, I don't know if he was tired or whatever, instead of shooting the three, um, which he's been fantastic from this year, it wasn't really going his way, but if he could just take it to the rim and do a little bit more of the stuff I love him to do, I think that's kind of the difference in this game if he is that other option i mean aiden played fantastic in the first half he did okay in the third fourth quarter didn't do anything so you kind of need that extra guy to step up and i thought he was that third option i thought he's the guy that can really come in and help booker and cp3 because cp3 had it going i didn't think he really missed many shots tonight that were crucial booker Mm kind of tried to take over for him when cp3 had to get some rest but he couldn't manage to do it so it's just like when that happens, we do need that other guy. And I think it's, it needs to be Mikael Bridges where they need to force him the ball more and do more. I think once he gets the ball more and focuses on his like ISO game in a way to where he pump fakes, takes it to the rim, he'll be more comfortable in late game situations to where maybe he's the guy that we can have scoring in those situations where the other guys can't get open. Like there's that other option. I think it needs to be Mikael because you saw DA. I mean, he he had the ball in the inbound pass. He's like, ah, and he threw it out of bounds. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? I don't want the ball. Like, that's not the play. It's just like, instead of turning around and shooting a wide open J, yeah. someone's on you. But, you know, that's his shot. Uh, you know, so we need that other guy, I think. And that was probably the missing link tonight. Well, and you're spot on with that. I mean, think about the past few games in which the Suns have won. Mikhail Bridges has had a really strong presence relative to the mid-range shot. He starts driving. He knows how to kind of do a pivot, turn around. He'll hit it. He's he's more aggressive. Tonight was a settled night for Mikhail. He had two for nine total shooting for only five points and one for seven from deep. So seven of his nine shots came from beyond the arc. So rather than you know taking that ball and trying to drive to the hoop and create something, knowing yeah. that the, the mismatches were there. I mean, DA was have uh, you know being guarded by a uh, uh, Vucevic. Booker and Paul are getting double teamed almost any time they start to drive towards the rim. So those kickouts were for him. And I get it. There were some open threes there. But that's where you're right. If he had been aggressive one time, one time, one time, and just driven to the hoop and (laughs) gone for one of his layups, uh, his long arm layups or, you know, a mid range shot, that potentially could be the basket that would have put the Suns ahead outside of losing to one point to the Magic. So uh, it was a disappointing night for Mikhail just because. And they were mentioned on the broadcast how unconfident he looked in his shot. I mean, he had a wide open three with about three minutes left in the game after a really good defensive play. It was a fast break, and that's what they settled for. And I was kind of it's like, I get it. You want your guys to always have the confidence to shoot. But you can see as he was shooting, you're like, he's not comfortable with this shot. They actually could have run a quick screen roll with eight, and he could have dunked it or at least you know laid it in on that play. So disappointing night from uh mikhail bridges and you know like everybody else he will back uh, uh bounce back as well as we play the raptors next uh but another guy we have to obviously talk about is the guy that everybody loves to talk about Aiden watch 2021 and just so uh if, if you're bored and you want some eight and watch merchandise i created some last night so it's yes. on our red bubble page so if you stop by the sun's jam session red bubble page we got some eight and watch i'm actually going to buy an eight and watch clock and have it up back here yes. so no, DeAndre I saw that. will That's always perfect. be watching over <laughs> us and I'm tell gonna, us the time i'm going to cut out just his picture and have it in the other side of my window and have it like cracked open a little bit so his eyeballs showing so he's always watching me when i sleep because i'm thinking about him all night <laughs> i know <laughs> I you can't he, he keeps you up at night but uh does, so what were yeah. what were your thoughts on deandre aiden in this game well it sounded good at the beginning i in the beginning i thought his little jump hooks i heard they would look good and that they went in so i was very happy about that i was like oh he's continuing this is the third game in a row we're gonna get some good da um I just think that he got tired towards the end. His defense and everything looked really good when I was watching. At the beginning of the third quarter, he seemed to kind of just fall away from it. Uh, There's a lot of standing around by him tonight. Just a lot of just like, even on the offensive end, he must have been tired, of course. I mean, the teams are, but then when you said Orlando played last night too, mm-hmm. his effort on defense didn't lead to good offense again because that's really what gets him going, right? I mean, the defense has gotten him going the last few games. This time, it just it wasn't there. He didn't have the hands out like he normally does. They were just by his side. 
those are just little things I like to watch. You know, it's not even, uh, I'm not trying to trash him at all, but it's just, those are the things, but he was standing a lot on offense, like just not kind of trying to go for the ball. He was, but just like a lackadaisical effort. I mean, that was what he was doing in the fourth. You know, if he was actually playing the way he was last night, we would have won this game defensively and offensively. Um, stats were good. The stats looked really well tonight. Yep. I just thought he needed a little bit more to finish this game and help us out. I like what Blaze Megatron says in the chat. He says, DA played pretty good, just outclassed by an all-star in the fourth. Hard to guard. And it is. And it was the same thing with Carl Anthony Towns those games. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns was having his way, but it's like, remember, he is a two-time all-star. Like, this is a learning curve for him. Yes. So uh, I definitely am, am – I echo a lot of the same things that, that you're saying as uh, pertaining to – DeAndre Ayton's performance tonight. His jump hook was, it was really interesting because the first time he turned to his right to get to his jump hook, Vucevic knocked it out of his hands. And he went back to it like three times and he he held on to the ball. He'd not let him knock it out. And he did the little jump hook right over him. And I, it was nice to see the Suns continue to try to feed the big fella to start the games and to establish some sense of offense. And again, it wasn't, you know, I, I noticed it too. The same thing. We were talking about it on last night's podcast, how, DA, when he's locked in, his hands are reaching across the entire paint. Like he is just trying anything he can to create that wall defensively. And tonight, and this is again, some of those challenges with DA is that consistency. He wasn't engaged in every play. And I'm not asking him to be engaged with every play, but I mean, when it's, when you start to notice it in about the mid to late third, you're like, oh, DA's getting tired now. DA put a lot out on the table last night. Yep. You know, here it is, this NBA elite athlete. I expect him to uh, play at 100% at all times. And at the back end of a back-to-back, -back, he's starting to get tired. Damn it. You know, it's like, it, it, it's frustrating to see. Whereas Vucevic, who had a really bad night last night, got stronger as the game went on. And you realize, okay, this is the difference between an eight-year pro and a guy who's in his third year. You know, just learning how to manage your minutes accordingly and, and know when and where and how to take plays off because when you see him take plays off it's it's obviously takes plays off another thing that i noticed is if the suns are at the free throw line whenever da's in the offensive rebounding you know on the blocks he never goes for the ball like if chris paul's shooting a free throw he's already like backing up and running away he's well, not tonight fighting, uh, every night i know i've noticed uh -oh. like the past two or three games he was like, a few times tonight. T tonight there's a few times he was under the rim and he was just good positioning but i know what you mean there's like a little bit of a a lazy effort like oh i tip the ball and then run back you know what i mean like yes. I'm, I'm trying to go for it but he's such a good offensive rebounder so that kind of sucks to watch because i think he can get a lot of those boards if he really tries but i mean it, it doesn't it kind of suck though to talk about him be like yeah if you want to take a playoff or so that's fine but no one else we could say that for it we no you know, no, no one else does that Devin I mean, booker takes a lot of plays off on off on, on offense on, on offense and defense, there's plays where he'll stand just kind of over on, you know, at, after a, a, two or three plays where he's running off all the screens. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this in person. He'll just go stand in the corner for like one play. And that's okay. I mean, that's the NBA. I'm not expecting them not to do that. It's it's yeah. tough. It's physically demanding. I you're guess. playing at the highest level and you're getting everybody throwing elbows into you every time you try a screen. Uh, but DA, we're like, go ahead and take a playoff. But don't, you son of a bitch. But he's so he's always in the action. That's why like the foul trouble thing sucks for him because he's always in the action down underneath the basket. That's why it's more noticeable. Yep, I completely agree. Completely Sorry, agree. DA. It's okay, no, DA. took it pretty lightly, though. Well, and again, you look at his overall statistics on the game, and he had, what, 20, 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting, so extremely efficient. <laughs> Uh, nine rebounds, one steal, and only one turnover. So, I mean, he was, he, he was, he, he was, he had a solid game, you know, going up against Vucevic, who is an all star. But yeah. him, like the rest of the Suns, just didn't come together in that, that fourth quarter. It was, it was CP3 and guys who just really weren't putting the ball in the bucket. I mean, look at Devin Booker, for example. Okay. Devin Booker ends the night with 25 points to lead all scores in the entire game, right? Uh, yeah, no, Vucevic had 27, so 25, but most for the Phoenix Suns. Nine for 21 shooting for Booker, nine for 21, so 21 shots, 25 points. He started six not, for nine, exactly. Started six yeah. for nine, Monty cooled him off, and then from there on, he was let's see, six for nine, so he went three for 12 the rest of the game, one for five from deep, six for six from the free throws. He had seven rebounds and seven assists, so he was doing his part as he always does, you know, he's always in the action. But his shooting was not as crispy, and it sucks because he started out so. I'm like, dude, he's not missing tonight. I'm like, on the on the what two or three year anniversary of him going for seventy points in Boston, he's gonna do something crazy tonight. And then Monty just cooled him off, man. 
Yeah, that too. And I think Booker, the three point shot, could we just like not do it as much? Like I know he's one for five times, but I mean, that's what maybe gets him in trouble a little bit where he goes outside of what gets him in good rhythm. And I think that's just the mid range. I mean, a lot of these games where he is accelerating even to the second half, it's because he continues to get to the rim or shoots the mid range because he's unstoppable from there. He really is. I mean, there's just a couple threes, of course, you watch him like, oh, why'd you shoot that? Ah, why'd you shoot that? Because it doesn't go in. And you're just like, come on, you should get back to the mid-range. I mean, that's easy to say, but I feel like he's just really, really still trying to get that three back. And it's just, it's kind of impossible for him right now. It's just not, it's not coming back. Maybe not this year, maybe wait till next year <laughs> or something. But I mean, what we needed to do is really just get to the mid-range game like Chris Paul was doing and try to knock those down. So he did cool him off, I guess. And it sucks when he's out of the game. You think about that. Were you thinking mm-hmm. about it when he was out? Like, yeah, oh, man, he's going to come back in and be cold because that's what happens a lot, almost all the time. Yeah, it's unfortunate that inconsistency is the difference between him scoring 25 points a game and, you know, putting up 31, 32 points a game. It's just that kind of that consistency. So uh, I see a lot of our jamsters in the chat talking about Aaron Gordon. And before we get into an Aaron Gordon conversation, this is a good opportunity to remind everybody that if you're watching, please subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. If you're listening, go ahead and do so. And if you're watching along live, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to the podcast and help us get to 1,000 subscribers. And remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Void. You can follow him on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And you can read all of the fun articles that we write on brightsideofthesun.com. All right, so Aaron Gordon, okay? So this is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the the uh, trade deadline is now what? two? It's tomorrow. Holy crap. Wow. Tomorrow. Yep. tomorrow. One o'clock, right? Noon, yeah, one or 12, or noon our time. Noon, yeah. <laughs> right? So... Crazy up to this point, we haven't heard any trades that have occurred. Uh, but Aaron Gordon yeah. obviously is somebody who's requested a trade. I was actually on some uh Orlando fan sites today and just kind of hearing what their reactions were to Aaron Gordon being uh you know requesting a trade, and everybody was like echoing exactly what he was saying. He was saying that um, you know, it's it's frustrating that we don't win, we don't have a culture, I've gone to management, I've talked about in the past. We just we're not heading the right direction. And like you go through and you watch the fans for the Orlando Magic, and they're like, Yep, yeah, no, he's right. He's right. And like none of them are mad at Aaron Gordon for wanting out or anything. They just like empathize with him. So uh I know that both you and I in the past have been fans of Aaron Gordon to yeah. the Suns prior to the season. Where do you stand on it now? No, I mean, if we were to get Aaron Gordon and somehow make it work fit contract wise, I don't know how Which the hell is tough. that would Which happen. Is, you'd have yeah. to get rid of like Dario Saric. Abdul Nader. That's the thing. It's like, who do you want to get rid of? So right now, I just I think a big piece like him wouldn't really work right now. But if it was for the right price and it happened to where if you trade Sarich, I don't know. It just depends because Aaron Gordon, he can go either way. He can still be like an all-star if he wants. I always thought that about him. Like he could still be an all-star, but he just kind of cooled off a little bit. And I it's probably because of what's going on with the team. A new, a new arena, a new place to play, I think will really help him. But then that team in Orlando, I mean, Jonathan Isaac um, and Markel Fultz being out, like that's a good surrounding cast. And then Vucevic, if he doesn't get traded, like that's a good cast. But then Vucevic is older. Aaron Gordon's still young, but then you got the younger guys. So if they can trade for someone younger, get some draft picks, that makes sense. If the Suns were to get Gordon, though, I'd be happy. It just, I just don't see it happening to you. I don't see this as really an option because there's just no way to really fit them in this lineup. And then salary wise, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was actually talking with one of our loyal listeners, uh, Ryan G. We were talking on Instagram earlier today, and he said that our buddy Flex, Flex from Jersey, who is sometimes on the post-game show, and I know he's doing a radio show, and yeah. he also has the uh, uh, Coast to Coast podcast with Dan Duarte. He was saying that if the, the Suns oh, are sorry. interested, <laughs> and they're talking about Sarich, Nader, and Smith is kind of the package that the Suns could put together to ultimately – bring Aaron Gordon to the desert. And it's something that, you know, in, in years past, I've definitely been a fan of bringing him in here. I think that he would, he would mesh well uh, in years past with what we needed. We needed a, a four who could score. Uh, but as this team has developed this season, yes, we still need that four who can score, but we don't necessarily need it like we did in the past. Now he makes $18 million a year. So it's definitely something that with Sarge, Nader and Smith is doable. I just, you know, again, I'm in that camp of of saying, or I'm sorry, staying put with where what we have. I think the buyout market's the best opportunity for the Suns. It makes sense financially. 
And giving up Sarge is, you know, in my opinion, it's just too much, man. Like, I know he's going through a rough patch these past, like, four or five games, but he's so valuable to this team with our second team unit. He's the connector. He's the guy who can rebound the ball. He can shoot the ball. He can run some little point Dario. He becomes your second playmaker. Uh, He throws his big cigarette butt around in the lane and pushes guys off their spot defensively. I mean, I think that he's so valuable. And I know that Aaron Gordon has the capability to be somebody who, you know, he can dunk the ball. He could potentially be an all-star with the way that he plays, but I just don't know if he's necessarily the answer to what the Suns' problem is. The problem is really a backup for DA, somebody who we can add depth uh, next to Saric versus instead of Saric. And I think that's something that you have to consider when you're talking about what the Suns need to do as they approach the trade deadline and or the the buyout market. I mean, this season, he's averaging 14.6 points a game. And he and that's again as a starter. So if he comes in here, obviously he'd be the starter. He put Jay Crowder at the bench. I don't know. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But I like Jay better yeah. defensively. But he's fourteen point six and six point six rebounds. And his career high in points was seventeen point six, and that was like four years ago. So I get it, yeah. but I like Saric and what he offers this team. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we're the number two team in the West. You're um, you're not wrong, John. I mean, Sarich was a six man of the year candidate like a week ago. So yeah, I wrote a stupid article. Sense. Yeah, exactly. And we we have an emotional connection with Sarich, and that's the thing that fans have to realize: is it the emotional or is it physical? What is it? Like you want spiritual, the, <laughs> spiritual. Yeah. What do you want from these guys? What do you want from your team? Of course, Aaron Gordon. He would probably make the Suns better over Sarich. Honestly, just to say he would be better than what Sarich brings on the court but right now we love sarge because he smokes cigarettes it's just so funny we just we love it to death and i think that that's something that suns fans can't get over and that's why we want to keep him but no i'm just kidding sarge actually if, if we were to, i would be very very sad and it's just the emotional connection we have with these good teams dude no so. i can i completely agree and again sarge is somebody who decided you know what i want to come back I want to be a part of this. Yeah. I, I'm going to come back as an un- or as a restricted free agent. I'm going to take the money that Phoenix offers me. I'm going to accept the role of not being a starter, and I'm going to help shore up that bench because it worked in the bubble. And I'd like to reward that by keeping them on the team. Like again, like I get you're trying to improve your team, and the best way to do that's the buyout market. And uh, Blaze Megatron says in the chat, says I love Dario. His plus minus is great, uh, but. AG is a true starter. If we pull the trigger, we need JaVale or someone. And again, that's why on the Suns Jam Session podcast, we say hashtag JaVale yep. McGee. Simple so, as that. Simple as that. So uh, before we hit our next segment, we do have to do something that we actually didn't do last night, Jamsters. And for that, I'm sorry. Jam star of the game. But you know what? Before we get into the jam star of the game, I'm going to bring one of our loyal listeners into here uh, and, and give us kind of his thoughts on the game. And this is our Jamsters React. And if you want to be on the show, uh, just simply DM us before the game. Let us know that you're interested. We'll send you a link and we'll be on the Jamsters React segment. Jamsters React. All right, and we're going to welcome to the show the Valley of the Suns, Brazil, coming all the way. So, we're, so one of our loyal listeners who's, who wanted to come on the show and kind of give us his thoughts. How are you doing today, my friend? Hi, John. Hi, Matthew. It's very nice to be here. Uh, I, I know, I, I think you guys noticed my accent. Uh, sorry for that, but... No, you're, I just, you're clear. Oh, thank you. You're good. <laughs> I just started to. I just learned English when I was 16, so it's very recent. You sound better than me, honestly. <laughs> it's better than it's better than my yeah. it's better than my Spanish or Portuguese. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, so, you can speak Portuguese with me then. No, I know none. I know Banyo. I think that's Spanish. I'm not good. <laughs> so, so did you watch the game tonight? I know. Are you where? First of all, where are you in Brazil? I'm in Curitiba, in the south of Brazil. Uh, okay. So the uh, the time here is three uh, three hours uh, plus than Phoenix. So here is m- exactly midnight now. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So well, again, thanks for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm sure you watched the game tonight. Kind of give us a couple yep. of your thoughts, and then you can help us pick out our Jam Star of the game. 
Well, uh, I will start with uh, Jay Crowder. Uh, I liked he, when he joined the Suns. In the uh, when I saw the the news, I was very excited. I know I liked his defense, his uh, his, his uh, sneaky athleticism. He's, he's not noticed, but he can uh, bring strength to our defensive side. And I was very excited, and he is. Uh, sometimes I love him, and sometimes I hate him, because <laughs> uh, when when he started to shoot trees, and I know when he'll miss, when one of his foot is not really really set on the floor, and it's kind of a weird tree. We uh, I know that is not going in. So uh, just when he does this, uh, I, I hate him. But the rest. Uh, he he proved it tonight that he can be a good a good uh, good player. You were you were um, laughing about my uh, my accent, right? No, no, I'm, you're no. spot on. You're spot on with Jay we're Crowder. Laughing at Jay Crowder because yeah, he's, he's, he's sometimes so right. you love him, sometimes you hate him. You know? Every I mean, fan says yeah. about him. <laughs> you know? And but, uh, another guy that really I really liked it today was Tari Craig. Obviously, I didn't. Ha I had yeah. very high expectations for him, but. Uh, I had just one uh, one thing that I didn't know if he was the right thing is if you bring him and you are not you and you don't have an opportunity to bring another good team a good, another good player mm -hmm. like Lamarcus Aldridge, but I don't think he he will go to the Sun. So I, I'm fine with Craig. Uh, just Javale McGee hashtag Javale McGee and I'm fine. Yeah. We need yes, more versatility, versatility on the on our bigs, and Sharich is kind of soft, so uh, we need just another guy that can bring that for from from us. And about another thing about the this game was uh, that lineups that Monty was having on the floor, especially when he set out Booker and Paul at the same time. Uh, he does that a lot, and I, I'm fine because uh, Chris Paul is 35 or 36 years old. So, but this strange lineups really. He set out Booker early in the first quarter, and he finished the third quarter with Booker and Paul. He, I don't, I don't remember if he ever did that. Usually, he set out both uh, uh, three left for the finish of the third. And then bring Booker and Paul at seven uh, seven minutes before the the game uh, in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. And he didn't do that. He just threw out uh, weird lineups, and I didn't like that. I wow, my camera <laughs> fell, fell it's here. Okay. It's okay. So and the gem start of the game. Okay, I'll bring for the game Vucevic. And for the Suns, I I want to go with Booker, but I, I love Jay Crowder. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm okay with that. And you're right about his Monty's rotations. I thought it was weird as well that Devin Booker and Chris Paul both played until the end of the third. But I also felt at that point, Monty Williams was trying to close out the game. The game was kind of, you know, it was about five-point lead for the Suns at that point. And I thought that he was trying to really just kind of lower the hammer, get to a good 10 to 13-point lead so he could give them some rest in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop them defensively. It kind of kept the back and forth going, which lasted all the way to the fourth quarter, and ultimately we lost the game. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, all we I, need I somebody else to step I, up. I thought about that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, man. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead man. Uh, I did think about that, so, uh, and uh, mostly because I want to see Tyshawn Alexander and Jalen Smith uh, go into the game lasting five minutes on the on the fourth quarter. So I think Monty didn't want that too, but uh, we couldn't get, we couldn't have it. But uh, that I, I thought about that too. Uh, uh, the close the game quickly, and mm -hmm. unfortunately. We couldn't. Yeah, yeah, it didn't rough, work out that way. <laughs> rough game, rough game. Well, again, thank you for coming on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I like Jay Crowder as a Jam star of the game. Do you want to let all the Jamsters know where they can follow you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter is exactly the same name, but all together uh, at the Valley of the Suns Brazil. And the the graphia about the name Brazil 
is there there here in Brazil is with an S and, yeah. and in America with a Z. So that's just the difference. And if you speak Portuguese and you or you want to learn Portuguese and you want to learn by hearing analysis about the suns, you can follow me. Uh, but my most of my videos are on Instagram that I, I like to put on Instagram because we have I have more I can talk with with people and we are just a, a few um, a few fans here from the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the bandwagon will come to us uh, yes. one time, but for <laughs> now we are just a few uh, a few people that are crazy about the Suns. That's fantastic, and I see you have a Valley jersey. Whose jersey do you have? Uh, the City Edition came. Uh, it, uh, wait, wait, came hold, today hold, to my hold it up higher. Who, who's what number? Chris oh, you got Paul. Chris, Paul? Uh, Chris Paul? All right. Yeah, good choice. I forgot to bring uh, my shirt of uh, Leandro Barbosa. Oh, nice. Brazilian yeah. Blur. The number Brazilian 10. Blur. Yes. Well, again, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being a fanatic down there in Brazil, mm -hmm. holding it down for all of us Phoenix Suns fans there. So thank you ever so much for joining us, brother. Thank you, guys. And uh, you guys inspired me for, for doing this. I started just three months uh three months ago so two months ago so it's very uh, it's really pleasant i i think is the right word that, to be here with you guys well that, oh, that thank you that means a lot really means a lot to us and keep uh keep doing the great work and if you know you haven't given them a follow go ahead and do that on twitter so again take care brother we'll see you in the chat sometime thank you guys see take you care Another fantastic jamster, man. All the way yeah. from Brazil watching nice. the show. Like, yeah, as, as Noah says in the chat, love to see the worldwide fans. I yeah. mean, seeing seeing everybody from uh, Australia to Brazil, Argentina, Germany. I mean, we were talking about Germany last night. It's just, it's truly awesome to see how many uh, fans we have out there. So, yeah. great pick for the jam start, too. I mean, who do you have tonight? I think that's hard to beat, right? I mean, Jay Carter did have an outstanding game, I thought, for him. Well, Jay was great. I mean, 17 points, four or six shooting from deep, five for seven. Uh, three rebounds, two assists, two or one one assist, two steals. I mean, it's really hard to to say no. I mean, I was I almost tweeted it out. You know, I was like, I was I was gonna say like Big Cock Crowder after he hit that three <laughs> to tie the game. I mean, he, that was an absolutely yeah huge shot. So, what did you think of when he made that? Did you think of Kelly Oubre? No, I kind of I thought of Kelly Oubre because that was Kelly Oubre's thing. He would make big threes, but Kelly Oubre is already gonna be traded again, and now we got Drake Crowder, so I'm happy. Yeah, I'll take that. So I think that's a good pick. I was thinking CP3 just because he had 23 points yeah. on 8 for 15 shooting, uh, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. And I think that when the team needed to be settled down, he was settling them down. It's just everybody else around him outside of Jay Crowder for that one shot wasn't hitting it. So uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. agree with our buddy from Brazil, and I'm going to go ahead and say that it is Jay Crowder for the Jam Star this game. I'll disagree too because you love him, you hate him. But tonight, I mean, I loved him to death. I mean, I never got to the point where I really hated Crowder at all in any of these games. Just sometimes a little frustrated. But tonight, he played absolutely great. And Chris Paul, he just needed some help. Paul was the only one trying to score, and that could score the basketball for some reason. And I, I would give it to Chris Paul if it wasn't for Jay Crowder. Yeah, so I think we're on the same page there. One thing I didn't ask you, Matthew, which I normally always do, is what did you, what'd you think of those jerseys? <laughs> those are Orlando jerseys. Oh, you know what's funny? I looked it up, why they have orange. It's uh, something with the orange grows in the area. They used to grow in that area in Orlando. That's why they have the orange there, something like Orange County, something like that. State, history. So it makes citrus sense. State. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for that reason. So, uh, I mean, they, they I kind of like them. I kind of like them a little bit. I'm not going to hate yeah, I'm not gonna I don't know. I don't like them. I just I like that they have the pinstripes and they have the old magic numbers from when they first were created. I think the team came into fruition 1988? in 1989. 1989. Yeah. So they is 88 or 89. I think it's the 88 89. When I was born. So, but yeah. a, a burner count says it in the chat. He's like the Orlando Suns because that's what they look like tonight. You know, it's like I think Espo, our good buddy from the solar panel podcast said, uh, <laughs> It's, it looked like the Orlando Magic were wearing like Walmart Phoenix Suns jerseys tonight. So <laughs> wasn't yeah, really like a fan off. of this. Yeah, like the knockoff yeah. crap ones. So the ones are, like the super thin and just like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and they instantly tear. It, you know, you get a hole. They, it always just has some random hole in it because yeah. it's just they're kind of creamsicle too. Creamsicle orange. They were kind of creamsicle orange, and I don't like yeah. that. It's, it's it's like Orlo. It's like O R L with the star. 
Yeah, what are you like, trying to tell us? Like, what are you? You know, what anyways. if I'm a first time baller and I want to watch some basketball? Yeah, I'm like Orlo. It just makes me. Are. I just get so mad. <laughs> like, those jerseys. So, uh, let's bring it on to our next segment. Guess what? So, guess what? The segment in which we try to uh, predict wins and losses and things that are going to go on throughout throughout the game. Uh, we both predicted that the Suns would win this game. Yeah. We both lost. I am now 16 and 12 on the season. Matthew's 19 and 9. I can't catch him. You talked about this being, you, you didn't call it a trap game yesterday. What'd you call it? I called it a setup game. A setup game. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, <laughs> if they were being set up, like, oh, they set us up. We thought yeah, it was well, an easy win. Well, they did set us up, which like is a, a bunch of fellow. crap. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze Megatron. He's like, yeah, the, the print washes off of those Walmart jerseys. <laughs> and after like two washes. <laughs> yeah, so. That's why you never wash it. So let's just put this one in the rear view. The Suns didn't have their best game, obviously. But again, I think that the Orlando Magic played up to the competition. You know, this is a team, the Phoenix Suns, that are a pretty good defensive team. Uh, We gave them those threes in the first because we wanted to stop Vucevic down low. And guess what? They hit him. And in the second half, we couldn't stop Vucevic. He is an all-star. And, you know, I'll just kind of, I'll chalk this one up as a loss, head on to the next game. And that is going to be at the Toronto Raptors on Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Uh, and it's actually going to be in Tampa Bay. So this will be the third yeah. straight game that the Phoenix Suns are going to be playing in the Citrus State. I think it's Sunshine State, whatever Florida is, the COVID state. And I think that, you know, going against the the Toronto Raptors, 430, it'll be nice because, again, we'll have a podcast wrapped up and done by, you know, like 8 o'clock, which will be fine, fantastic. Uh, but the first question I'm going to ask you to guess getting into this game yes and, and jamsters you can answer this as well in the chat is will kyle lowry be a member of the raptors for that game on thursday in which we play the toronto raptors nope he's gonna be gone you know where he's gonna be playing too the la where? lakers the lakers nah. he's gonna really? be on the lake i don't know is I that just, your call yeah, it's mike well i've heard it today i've heard it rumors I'm like that makes sense they need like a lowry i mean i kind of like what shorter does too but Lowry would be good on that team, and he plus he'd be irritating as hell when we play the Lakers in the finals. Can you imagine having to play Lowry seven game series? We're gonna like we're gonna commit suicide just watching oh, that. He It'll is such terrible. a hard watch, man. I hope he doesn't. I mean, what are the other options he goes to? I mean, I know Philly wanted him. Uh, there's a couple other options for him, but I don't think he's gonna be in or, or in Tampa Bay anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think that they're working with him. And I think somebody just said in the chat, Humble Rumble says it Friday. So sweet. We don't play till Friday. It's what day yeah. say? It's Fuck, Wednesday. I thought it was Tuesday. And mm. I put Thursday on oh, the thing. It's Man. hump day, John. I'm sorry. I don't know what freaking day is. I'm working so many hours at work. Oh, I don't you? know where You're the hell I am. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea. You have no idea how hard I'm oh, working Oh, yeah, right I don't now. work. I don't work. No, no, but it's like the <laughs> the output of stupidity that i have to deal oh, with yeah, day yeah, to day. yeah yeah it's a different it's yeah it's a different world right <laughs> yeah. now so so again the game's friday so we'll be live friday 4 30 good to know because tomorrow is thursday sweet i just gained a day I, on the week i'm actually kind of i'm one day close to the weekend you know what i'm saying um no but i i, I don't see if i i don't think i agree with you that he'll end up in la it would be annoying yeah. if he did become a member of the los angeles lakers god i'd shoot myself yeah, um I think Philly is the one that makes the most sense. I think the Heat is another one, and those are kind of the two big ones that uh, everybody's talking about where he's going to end up. I actually received an email today from. Let's see if I can find it real quick in my in my emails. Um, just talk about something, Matthew. While I'm looking this up. Yeah. So what I want to talk about is the Suns came out there tonight, and are we done talking about tonight's game? Perfect. I found it. What I was yeah. looking for. Look at you, Karen the Pot. I love so you, bro. So I received this from uh, Kevin Anderson, and he's somebody who works with odds and things of that nature. And he said the NBA trade trade deadline odds. So the odds that Kyle Lowry will be traded are currently plus one seventy five. Okay, so you know Vegas kind of has him saying, you know, he's it's a pretty good opportunity that he, or chance that he's mm-hmm. going to get uh, traded. And then they got, they kind of go through some different players and what their odds are relative to who they're going to be traded to. Kyle Lowry currently is negative 150 to the Heat and plus 600 to the 76ers. So based on everything that's going on and the talks and the insiders trading and all that fun stuff, it looks like the Heat is the most likely landing spot. So long way to answer this question. When we play the Raptors on Friday, I don't think Kyle Lowry is going to be a member of that team. 
No, I mean, that'd be crazy if he if he was. There's just been so much talk about it and their whole run, even though they've only won the one championship, which is awesome, it's kind of over, right? I mean, you even have stuff going on the inside with the coach and uh, uh, what's his name? God, I'm so bad at remembering players' names on the pod for which some player? reason. The anxiety. Siakam. Siakam, the head coach. Oh, yeah. They had a, a back and forth or something. And, you know, when that stuff starts to happen, then it's kind of like – you know, we're going to start blowing this thing up in a little bit in the words of Kevin O'Connor. So look out for that. That's that's what I, I that's what I see coming in the future for this Raptors team. I, I do too. I think it's time to blow it up. I think uh, Masai Ujiri, who's the general manager for the Toronto Raptors, uh, has done a great job with that team. He got a championship out of them, and now it's kind of the, the light is at the end of the tunnel for the blow up, and I think it's almost time for that to happen because they're the 11th team in the NBA Eastern Conference with a 17-26 and 26 record. Uh, they haven't won a game since, let's see, February 26th. So yeah. they've almost gone the entire month of March without a win, uh, nine in a row. Excuse me. Yeah, one nine and in nine. The last 10. yeah, yeah, well, one and nine. The last ten, and I think it's nine in a row that they've lost. So, um, yeah, setup I mean, they, they they even lost to the Rockets. So it's yeah, it's definitely a setup game. Uh, as you look at this game, what is the primary matchup that you're looking forward to if Kyle Lowry isn't in there? Because if Kyle Lowry does play for the Toronto Raptors and the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Raptors on Friday, obviously CP3 and Kyle Lowry is what I'm looking forward to. Two of the biggest, you yeah. know, kind of like head jerk and floppers in the league. Like, what do you think? So I'm actually I'm gonna stick to what I said last last podcast is I'm gonna watch this Aiden whatever the hell he's going up against against this Raptors team down low whatever presents itself I still want Aiden continue just because he had a bad fourth quarter half of a third quarter just energy wasn't there really even though he put up great stats I just wanted to see a continued streak of him you're going into the fourth game now where we can get another good Aiden game. So I want that to reach five until I get a little bit more optimism inside my body to be happy with what I'm seeing with Aiton. So continue his streak of whatever the hell he's doing, playing great in this first half of this game, and continue it to next game. So Siakam, whoever the hell's on him, I that's what I'm watching. Uh, uh, Siakam or Aiton? Um, Siakam or Aiton, what do you mean? I don't know. You were talking about DeAndre and then you dropped a Siakam on me. So whoever's guarding him, whoever's on. The, oh, gotcha, the gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Mikael Bridges in this game. I mean, you have OG Ananubi, you have uh, Pascal Siakam, you have uh, Chris Boucher who comes off the bench and plays a little bit of the center. Uh, you have Aaron Baines. I don't know how much playing time he's getting these time the, this uh, right now with the team because I know he's not playing spectacularly. But I am looking forward to see Mikhail kind of bounce back. This is a team that needs uh, to utilize their wings to be successful, and Mikhail can shut them down. So even when Mikhail has these bad games, the fact that he's still engaged defensively is something that I absolutely love about him. So that's really what I'm going to key in on when we play the Raptors on Friday. I got to ask you, Matthew, who wins? Is this a setup game? No, I think the Suns win. Picking Suns. All right, I'm with you. Suns will bounce back from this game. They're playing a team that's beaten up. That's tired. That's not playing at home. They're playing in Tampa Bay. I've been to Tampa Bay, the Cigar City, by the way. Uh, some pretty decent local brews there. Uh, but they're they're far from home. They're uncomfortable. They're not having a good time. They're not playing well. I think the Suns can take advantage of it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and and get back on the right path. You know, we've yeah. won the last prior to this game. We won the last eight road game road games. So yeah. we'll get right back on the horse. And I don't think that's really going to be an issue. I don't either. I'm looking forward to a win. All right. So am I. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It never gets old. It's me every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else is there to talk about? I think that about wraps it up for the Suns Jam session on uh, this lovely Wednesday, because I just found out it was Wednesday uh, evening. Unless you got something you want to add, Matthew. I have nothing else really. I mean, it's been nice having two games in a row, two nights of podcasting, and then maybe tomorrow night. If if there is a good trade, we'll be live. We'll be live right after yep. work. We'll be hitting this spot up, and uh, hopefully you guys join us. Absolutely. And as we look forward to the schedule, you know, you have the Magic who we lost to, and that kind of sucks, of course. You have the Raptors. Then you have the Hornets who are out with without LaMelo Ball. You have the Hawks who have been inconsistent. They did win eight in a row uh, after, the, yeah. after the coaching change, so they might uh-huh. not be. But it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. You have the Bulls after that. Then you have OKC and the Rockets. So, I mean, these next, like, six games prior to the Jazz and the Clippers are really a good opportunity to just keep throwing some dubs on the board. You know, mm-hmm. that that's where the Suns need to live. So, uh, rough game tonight. Oh, well. Put it in the rear view. Let's get ready for Friday. Sound good? 
I yeah, I can agree with that, John. All right, fantastic. Well, again, thank you to all the jamsters who decided to join us live for this podcast. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. Tell everybody how much you love Matthew's eyebrows. If you are watching Shut live... Up on the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and please subscribe as well. Get us up to one K. We're ever so close. I'm about done with my triple IPA, uh, grapefruit, amber ale. So it's time to go get another one. So therefore I am done talking. All right. Time to hit the gym. Everyone go home and love your family. All right. I'm not (laughs) done talking. Have fun at the gym, buddy. Cheers.